Hey, so this is a very special episode that I'm doing talking about a show that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, not all of my content is going to consist of reviewing TV shows. Obviously, we talk more about serious topics, but every once in a while, this is a really good show called Lovecraft Country. And when I do topics about when I talk about this, this is a really good show. So I want to do an episode talking about this every now and then. So shout out to Lovecraft Country. And here we go. And good evening, good afternoon to whatever time zone you are in. So, to sum it up, shout out to my fellow black nerds out there. My name is JT. Um, I'm assuming that if you're watching this right now, or if you even took time to even click on this, that you have seen the wonderful program, the wonderful show known as Lovecraft Country. My auntie recommended this show to me 72 hours ago. Ah, my auntie has taste in weird shit. She is not a fellow black nerd. She she literally watches Real Housewives of Atlanta, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Love and Hip Hop Bar- 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 Barbados, whatever the option is. So I was at first a little bit reluctant to even listen to what the hell she had to say when it comes to recommending recreational programming. By God, I'm glad I listened to her ass this weekend. I watched the first five episodes yesterday, and I watched the newest episode just right now, which was the episode with um, the backstory. It was a filler episode. It was a filler episode, but it was a filler episode in between um, when he was in the Korean War and he met Jaya. I know I'm saying her name incorrectly. First one, first off, that is a beautiful woman. She made me want to learn Korean. I was like, God dang, you know. Um... I love this show. Before I get to the episode breakdown, I love this show because I was raised on anime. I was raised on reading manga. I was raised on Toonami. I was raised on the books by Holly Black, the stories by J.K. Rowling, the artwork of J.R.R. Tolkien. So, and I think a lot of black people who are nerds who would, would say this as well, the issue that a lot of us have is we grow up for those of us who are fans of this kind of content, we grew up reading this fantasy, this sci-fi, and we take to it. And a lot of us have had to grow accustomed to falling in love with whole genres of content that more than likely we never see ourselves represented in, which is not their fault because it's not J.K. Rowling, a white woman from whatever part of London she's from or Britain she's from to speak for black people and put black people in her, in her programming. I grew up off of J.R. Tolkien. I love J.R. Tolkien. I read the Silmarillion every day to this day. I'm pretty sure that a white man born in 1892, whenever he was born, I shouldn't even be looking for him to be open-minded when it comes to putting black people in this content. You know, just like if I write stories, I do some short stories, you should not be looking at me to be open-minded when it comes to putting white people in my content, you know? So I like a show like this because it's something different. You know, like growing up, like y'all, you know, like growing up, most black TV shows that you see, it just be the stupid. It's always Crip One meets Crip Two. Uh, no, Crip One meets Blood has beef with Blood, but Blood's uh, uh, sister is light skinned and cute. So Crip One is willing to risk it all to date her and some other crazy shit. Or so 
this was something, this was a really breath of fresh air, a real breath of fresh air for me personally when it comes to just black content, even when it goes across the board, even when, even when it comes into literature. Y'all know when y'all go to the library, most books that are in the urban section of the library, it's about uh, I the Thug Part 2, Thug Chronicles, Gangsta Bitches. And the funny thing about it is women always talk about how toxic men are. Black women, y'all be the ones writing them goddamn books. I've I went to a soldier. Uh, I went to a midnight and soldier. Uh, what I forgot her name. Soldier. I went to one of her book signings before, and all them goddamn uh, thug ass books. But back to love, love, back to Lovecraft Country. So I love that they're integrating the world of sci-fi and fantasy with what will be the black experience. Now, granted, I am aware this is based off of a novel that came out some time ago. I'm not aware of the of the consecutiveness to this plot line, to the original plot line that this program has with the book. I just know I'm loving this goddamn show. I am. Shout to all the actors. Shout to the man who's playing Atticus. I keep trying to wonder, do I, no, I'm not gay, but I kept trying to wonder, do I think he's ugly? Do I think he's attractive? Like, he got one of them faces where, like, he got a good jawline and cheekbones, so you would think he's supposed to be attractive, but then he just got that bell pepper nose. He like, damn, man. I will say, though, not, I will say that nigga got a body. That nigga got the body I'm trying to get. That nigga, that nigga got the body. That nigga got the shoulders, and I'm in the gym running uh, two hours, running an hour on the treadmill and boxing every day trying to get that. That nigga in there doing some business. He doing the Lord's business in that goddamn bent gym. I'm going to say that. And his career has really been popping. Um, great actor. That scene in episode six when he's talking to Jaya and she confronts him and says, you know, you killed my best friend. You slapped, you pistol whipped her in the fucking face and y'all drug her off and went to whoop. And when he was crying, like, it, when he cries, bro, it looks so real. Like, it's so like that scene, man, when he said I could go when I could. He said, you know, hey, John, I can go. You know, I can go home now. I got the order to go home where I can say it. it's up to you. And when she said I can't ask you to do that, when he got up and was like, there's something beautiful about watching a man who when he's came to the realization that he needs you, he loves you. And I'm not. This I'm not doing a good job of convincing people I'm not gay, but I promise I'm not. But it's something so beautiful about seeing a man like when he's found some fond of you and he's realized he loves you, convinced he's convinced he needs you in his world. It's something so pure and beautiful and vulnerable about him just being like, no, no I, I need you. Like he, he's I can't there's nothing you can tell me. I need you in my life. Like that is a be like. And then the, even just the love story, the way they fell in love. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. The way he fell in love with Le the way he got back with Leah was so fucking typical of a dumb nigga. This nigga, this bitch been trying to suck his dick for the last two months. He go to a party, see some mid-skinned nigga looking like a shorty from uh, Malcolm X. Uh, grinding all up on her, filling up on her. He get jealous. Now he want her. And I'm going to tell you what's so upsetting about that for me personally. Real niggas, we we need to have. Real niggas might not want to have the conversation. A lot of us have been that nigga. 
I'm not talking about the nigga she really wanted. I'm talking about the nigga who she was in the club with her. Y'all was with she was in the club, met her at the club. She came with her friends. Her ex was there. She trying to make her ex jealous, and she was grinding up on you, kissing up on you, tonguing you down. You giving she much. I'm like, damn, nigga, did the barber cut my? Give me, did my fade look that good? No, nigga, no, nigga. She, she might think you a little cute, but she's using you for you. You are a photo prop. She's using you for. <laughs> she's using you for a reason. There, there is a reason. Reason why she's doing uh, rated R rated R dance moves on you right now, so I didn't like how it took him seeing that, took him seeing that she had some kind of value. Like you know, the the point price on the market for her is a little bit higher than what he was registering it as. It took him to see that to be like, okay, now I'm gonna go after. But you know, in reality speaking, I mean, it's realistic because I can see a nigga doing some dumb shit like that. And shout out to her. Shout out to Jenny, uh, Jenny, Jenny Smollett. She's actually she's a talented actress. She does a really what always helped her. And I noticed this with uh, when I watched her in Great Debaters. There are certain people that you can look at, and like their face has a classic like design or look to it. Jenny Smollett has one of those faces that it just looks. It's not classically beautiful. But she looks like some, and I might just, it's, she has a way of blending into the time of whatever the film is that she's being in. Like, Great Debaters, if you watch The Great Debaters, she looked like how I would envision a light-skinned kid would look in 1930, 1922. If you see her in this show, she just looks old-fashioned. Like, she looks like somebody. She look how everybody light-skinned grandma would look back in the day. They, when you see the, everybody got one grandma everybody got one grandma or auntie that's like hella high yellow that's that's how that's how they look back in the day more or less she looked like that now I'm not gonna pit women against each other and say which would I rather date Jaya or Leia I want Jaya more just cause I, I you know what's insane about she killed 99 people god damn 99 people 99 people and one black dick just <laughs> Just, just, just fucked her mind off the, took her off the board like that's insane what I didn't understand was oh my god and how they integrated the story of the the Kumiho with, um, into this was y'all don't know how much that meant to me bro like I grew up reading off of, like one of my favorite characters in Yu Yu show is Kurama like I grew up off the story of the Kitsunes and for those who don't know the Kitsune and the Kumiho are basically the same story the same theory a woman who could transform into a fox a beautiful woman that could tra- a, a, a fox that can transform into a beautiful woman and seduce men and it meant so much for me to see that in there for me personally because that just was dope I was like like it <sighs> That just meant so much to me, man. Like, if you are, if you are a nerd, excuse me, if you are a nerd of East Asian mythology or Japanese mythology, or if you're a fan of anime, you understand why that scene is just so dope, bro. Like, man, my God. Um, but I like that. How do we feel morally about Atticus because he was slaughtering people who were quote unquote communist spies in um in Korea? Um, I have some family who served in the military. I've I've met some people that served in the military. I talked to a lot of people, and let me tell you, if you have met, if you really have had conversations with these people, because of the duty of their country, at the sake of their country, for what was asked of them, 
they have done some things, some deplorable things that you cannot even imagine. Some things that some things like and it was all in the line of following orders for the greater good. I like this show so much because it doesn't pull any punches. I like this show because I don't I, it doesn't pull any punches. It shows you really how it was back then. You know, I, I, it shows you how it really was back then. There's no other way to break it down other than that, man. Like it shows you what the world was really like. It is interesting. Um, as far as pre- the interesting thing to me, the craziest thing was the episode before, right? And you find out that um, his father is a gay. His father is actually um, not. He's gay. He, he hangs out in the queer community. And it's so interesting. I wonder, did they typecast that guy? Like the guy who's playing his dad? I wonder, because some of y'all might remember that he played a gay guy in The Wire. So I wonder, was he typecasted in that? Like they needed somebody who could be gay, but give tough love. And so they needed him. But he did that scene well. Like that scene where he's in the room with them and, you know, he's dancing with them. You know, it's a, it was kind of a weird thing to see. Like that was you could see like maybe that's the only place where he felt accepted, but at the same time it's a reluctant kind of accepted, reluctant kind of acceptance. It was interesting. That scene where Leah, where Leah's sister sees what it is to be white, you know that was that was insane. Like she was the the thing I took from Ruby becoming a white woman. The thing that was really really interesting to me. Y'all might not have paid attention to this, but this was interesting to me was you notice that the white woman that she turned into was not a beautiful woman. She wasn't a beautiful woman. She looked very, very, very average. And Ruby's not an ugly woman. She's, you know, thick and especially thick at a time when thick was not popping. But she's a really pretty, pretty, has a really beautiful face, in my personal opinion, really pretty skin tone. But it's interesting to think that just being white, just being white, just being white surpassed all of that. You know, I uh, every nigga who's dark skin and cute has had this experience. This is going to sound crazy. I'm not, I'm a dark skin. I'm a cute nigga. I got a good face, good jawline, good cheekbones, all of that. But every cute dark skin nigga has had the experience where you try to talk to a girl and she might not like you and you she might go for one of your homies or somebody around who's just lighter, light skin because she likes light skins. And your argument to that might be like, like you can look at him and physically, you can look at his facial structure and be like, I'm cuter than this nigga. What the fuck? I'm how, what am I missing? But it's just that skin tone thing. The interesting thing about how they made this woman just look like a regular, they casted a regular white woman so it was to show that it wasn't beauty that was important to her. It wasn't having hips, wasn't having pretty face. It wasn't none of that. It was just her being white. Her being white. That girl who worked in that clothing store with her is fine. I forgot her name, but she was fine. It was interesting seeing that little, um, that um, debacle between them when she figured out that she didn't go to school and she whatever, whatnot, and she just was in there. And 
I don't know. Just I wondered that black girl who was in there. I wondered did she get the job just because she was pretty and slim, or maybe you know maybe she Paul raped her like he was raping trying to rape that girl in the alleyway. Um, I like this show, and I'm not going to do a whole rant about it, but I just want to say I like this show. I think this is a good show. I highly recommend everybody take time to watch it. Um, I'm going to keep doing reviews about this. I want you guys to let me know what you think. Thank you for listening. This was The Greatest Voice at KJT. You guys have a good one.